All right, guys, we've got another study abroad cast first. In this episode, we interviewed Jason Koba, who is actually our first language learning study abroad participant. I know it's weird, but one of the big reasons people study abroad is because they try to sharpen their language learning skills. And he's actually the first one to go for that reason, at least for the biggest reason. And he, he loved it so much that he decided to make a career of it. He's actually at API now, which a link to that is in a show note. They have a brand new website. So listen up. It's a good interview if you're thinking about Spain or international education as a, a career. So let me know if you have any questions or comments as always and enjoy. The three biggest reasons only 10% of students study abroad. They're afraid of being homesick, they don't think it's safe, and the number one reason people don't study abroad is cost. We're here to dispel all that, find out exactly how that 10% crafted their study abroad journey and how you can too. I'm Chris Carlton and this is the Study Abroadcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Study Abroadcast. I am here with Jason Koba from API Studied Abroad. Jason, thank you very much, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay, and Jason is the Senior Regional Director for Institutional Relations and Outreach, so he's going to talk a lot about what API Abroad does, and we're also going to learn about his story. So kicking things off, uh, can you tell me a little bit about your study abroad experience and what led you into the career of international education? Sure. Um, so I studied abroad when I was an undergraduate student at the University of Wisconsin La Crosse. Um, I studied in Seville, Spain. Um, my study abroad experience was totally about learning Spanish. So I went and took as many classes as I could in Spanish and studied you know, language, literature, everything like that. Um, it was definitely something that I, it was kind of funny, I hadn't always thought that I wanted to study abroad, because this was quite a long time ago, and it was still not such a common thing to do. Um, but it definitely was something that quickly became a, a goal of mine, for sure, as, as I got further along in my undergraduate degree. Um, the experience itself was literally life-changing, um, and so that completely and totally pushed me into the career that I'm currently in. So it's amazing that I get to actually help people um, and encourage them to do the same thing that I did because it literally changed my life. I see. I see it. And how long were you in Spain for? I spent just a semester there. I spent the fall semester, uh, so from like early September through December, and then I traveled for about three and a half weeks afterwards. Okay. And did you, before you left, did you have any fears before when you were before you left, or did you have any reservations about it? And if so, how did you overcome those fears? Yes, I totally did. I was the first person in my family to really ever travel outside of the United States. Um, we took a cruise when I was a kid. That was about it. That was the only thing that we had ever done. Um, I didn't have a passport. I mean, it was just not something that was really on the radar. Um, so I was pretty apprehensive about it, and I didn't know what to expect. Um, but I basically worked with the, the office at my university, which was amazing. They were so supportive. They provided so much in terms of support and details and resources and things like that for me. Um, this is prior to, you know, like social media and Facebook and stuff like that. So I had no idea who I was going with or anything like that. Um, and so I did have, there were two other people from my um, same university that were going on the program. So we got together and talked and, um, I mean, really, it was just working through everything and finding the different resources that I had to be able to combat the fears that I had. Um, and I mean, I had great support. That was the biggest thing is that I had amazing support from my institution. Nice. Yeah, that's, that sounds like you just got exactly what you needed. 
Mm. exactly what i needed (laughs) so i guess the first person in your family too not only leaving the country but living somewhere else for an extended period of time too that's a lot different than just taking a trip for a couple of weeks yeah exactly i mean literally the only time we had done anything was we didn't even need passports back then to take the cruise so it's not like we had them i mean this was way long time ago so i mean just getting a passport in and of itself was a challenge yeah so (laughs) and once you got back or Maybe while you were there, did how did studying abroad or I guess living abroad change your view of the world? Well, it definitely opened my eyes that there's a lot of different ways to look at things and a lot of different perspectives. And I would say that over time, my ideas and my opinions have really continued to change as a result of the experience that I had and the experiences that I continue to have. Um, <clears throat> you know, one of the things that it did is that I definitely got the travel bug for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I love being able to travel and do the different things that I get to do. So my job is great for that because I obviously get to uh, travel to different places and meet different people and and experience different cultures. Um, But I think, you know, from a Spanish perspective in particular, I learned, I'd been studying Spanish language and culture. So I knew that there are different aspects about it that were unique to that location or that were different from what I had experienced. But living it firsthand and actually experiencing it was such an incredible experience because I was able to bring back certain aspects and incorporate those into my own personal life as a result. Um, And I definitely learned what it was like to be someone in a position where I maybe didn't understand the language that well, um, you know, in a frustrating situation where I had to figure out a way to communicate that I didn't know how. And that definitely made me significantly more compassionate, I think, for people that I might find in that same situation. Um, But I think just in general, you know, looking at things from a global perspective, I definitely was able to to change the way that I look at things or at least initially look at things, which I think is really, really important. Yeah, that's a, well, that's a good answer to the question. <laughs> and so of these experiences that you had that changed your view of the world, can you tell me a travel story or something that maybe sticks out that you like to share with people when you're maybe at a dinner party or in a group of friends? Yeah, so I was thinking about this. Um, and there's a couple different things that come to mind. But one of my favorite things that we did is so after after my program ended, there were four of my friends and I traveled. Um, uh, we just left Sevilla and we took the train and we popped up to Madrid, spent a couple of days there. And we literally didn't really have a plan. But we just kind of got started going. And our goal was to make it to Prague because that's where my family's ancestry is from. So I really wanted to make it there by the end of the trip. But along the way, we really didn't have anything planned. So anyway, we decided, oh, we'll go to Paris now. So back then, Ryanair didn't exist. So everything you did was definitely on um, uh, trains and everything like that. So we had like our Eurorail passes. Well, anyway, we get to Paris. We have nowhere to stay. We don't have any hotel or anything booked or whatnot. And we go to the tourist center. And the person is like, what are you doing in Paris without a reservation? How could you possibly figure out? Why would you do this? You know, and we're like, we didn't know. We just kind of showed up. So they ended up finding us this hotel in this really random section of Paris that was probably not a place that I would go again, but it ended up being so cool because the first person we met on the street, we were all super nervous to ask about like, can you find a place? Where would you recommend we go eat? Because it was this, you know, older woman that we thought, oh God, we've always heard that people from Paris are rude and not friendly to Americans, but she was so nice. She was spoke perfect English and she was like, I apologize that my English isn't so great. We're like, your English is better than our English. Yeah. Um, but it just was the, what I liked about this story was that we didn't really have a clue what we were doing. We had no idea where we were going and it was totally fine and everything worked out 
and it was amazing and it was so much fun and it ended up being just this incredible experience. And so I really like that because it showed me that yes, planning is important and you want to make sure you have certain things in place, but the best things can happen when you don't even expect it. Wow. That's, that's very well put. Yeah. I, um, Oh, so tell me about the food in Paris then. What where did you end up eating? Oh, did you have anything? That yeah. trip, I remember we just ate a ton of crepes, I think. I mean, we were poor college students, so we were probably eating in the cheapest places we could find. <laughs> but oh. it's still, even cheap food in France and Paris in particular is absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah. And um, did uh, what would you tell a student then who's maybe on the bubble about studying abroad and not really sure if they should go or if they should do it and, you know, reservations about the cost, what would you tell a student who's in that situation? Yeah. So I actually talk to students quite a bit about this in my current role. I get to talk to students one-on-one, -on -one, which is great. And one of the things I love so much about my job. Um, but I think the thing that I try to tell students is that, you know, it's clearly one of the most important steps that you can do. And one of the most important decisions that you can make in your life um, you know, we can talk about all the benefits of study abroad in terms of setting yourself apart from your peers and looking at the different aspects regarding employability and how it's going to affect your resume and ways to articulate your experiences. Um, and so there's a lot of great, you know, statistics and things out there that exist that really, really help promote study abroad for sure. Um, but I also think that it's just a matter of, you know, helping that student really make that decision to take that leap and to take that step. Um, you know, and so I always tell students, you have to do what's right for you and you have to do what is the, you know, do what feels right for you. It may not be at this moment. It may not be right now. It may be a little bit later down the road, but just try to encourage them to at least consider it at some point in time. Um, you know, I talk about my own experience and how it changed my life. And I talk about how, you know, the majority of students that we talk to wish they'd stayed longer. And it's just a great experience. And also looking at the time in their lives that it really won't, they really won't have another chance to do this kind of an experience at another time. They can travel and that's great, but traveling somewhere is very different, like you said, from living in a place and actually becoming part of the community. So um, there's so many things that, you know, we can try to persuade them to, to take that, take that leap, I guess, if you will say. That's kind of a, over or underlying principle that I've heard in a lot of the interviews is that if there's a time to do it, it's now at this point in your life, in your early twenties. Yes. And, uh, so you, when you have kids, when you have a family, it's hard to just go live abroad for a certain amount of time. So definitely now is the time to do it. What can you tell me a little bit about now API and what API does and how they fit into the study abroad process? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So API is what's referred to as a third party provider or an education abroad provider. Um, so what we are is an educational organization that provides a wide range of different experiences for students in a wide range of different locations. <clears throat> so we have our traditional study abroad programs that we work with. So if you want to go for a semester or summer, an academic year, even a short term intensive month or a couple of week programs, <clears throat> we provide those kinds of experiences. What we do is we help students get enrolled in the various universities that we work with abroad, and then we provide support. Um, we also help with all kinds of different cultural integration. We do a variety of excursions, immersion activities. We provide, um, you know, arranging volunteer experiences and really helping students get acclimated to the culture of the community that they're in. Um, our biggest priority is obviously safety. So our, our resident directors, who are the most amazing people on the planet and make the experiences incredible, are there to help students throughout any situation that they need, whether it's you know going to the doctor or navigating the customs experience or 
I had a student whose computer got stuck in immigration or in customs for two weeks. And so they were helping that student throughout that process. So really they're there to help with that. Um, and then we also have a variety of other experiences such as our internship program or teach work and volunteer experiences. So really kind of helping the students throughout whatever kind of an experience they're looking for, whether it's more of the traditional study experience or more of an experiential based kind of program. Um, so yeah, it's an organization that I love. I've worked with them for three years now, and I worked with them in my previous roles working at institutions for about seven years. So um, we try to make the experience as best we can for the student and, um, you know, managing safety aspects, but then also making sure that the student is immersed in and integrating fully as fully as possible into the culture. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the website right now, and I'll definitely link it to your... It's yeah. a really impressive website, and I'll link it to on your post. Thanks, in, we just updated it, actually, so it's yeah, brand new. Yeah, I was just yep. say, it looks, pretty, it looks pretty spiffy. Uh, <laughs> and can you tell me a little bit... So you said you studied abroad in Spain, and you went yes. to Paris, and you had a lot of crepes. Now, Spain's food <laughs> isn't that bad either, and I think, actually, you're the first person I've interviewed... That, the podcast is fairly new. It started in August... But you're the first person I've interviewed that I think has been in Spain. I've done Italy, I've done Germany, I've done Australia. I've done a lot of places, but I haven't done Spain. And Spain's one of sure. the more popular countries that people study abroad in. So can you tell me what you miss most about the Spanish food? Oh, absolutely. Okay. The, I miss jamón. <laughs> Everything in Spain is jamón, jamón, jamón. So like the ham, it's something that is just literally part of almost every meal. I mean, just... and. More so than that, I guess, really, just the, the, the whole tapa culture. Um, you know, in Spain, food is really important, and, and there's it's a centerpiece of so many different parts of, of life. Um, you know, when you get together, you go out, you grab a drink, you have a tapa. You have a little, tiny little plate of food that comes along with it. And, I mean, there's tons of tapas bars in the U.S. now that have really sprung up, especially in recent years, um, that have really embraced this whole kind of shared plate, small, cult, small plate culture. Um, but... It, no matter where you go, whatever bar, whatever little restaurant you're in, you're just doing it. And it's all about hanging out with friends and enjoying that. Um, so, I mean, really any of them. But jamón is one of my favorite things. And it's one of the best things you could possibly eat. Um, there's a whole way to do it. There's this whole um, way of like cutting it and carving it and the way of serving it. And there's different kinds of, of ham. But it's literally just... It, it epitomizes what Spain is to me. So just some bread, some jamón, and maybe some some manchego cheese a little bit with that too. That would be perfect. And then of course you can't go wrong with croquetas. That's one of my favorite. They're deep fried. Of course, in Spain, lots of things are fried, but um, it's olive oil, so it's healthy, is what they'll say. <laughs> what, what are what are croquetas? Croquetas are like um, they can be made with the different things, but they're like little fried balls of goodness basically <laughs> um there's like um croquetas de pollo so there's like pieces of chicken in them um it's like a little breaded ball um i guess it's kind of like a I'm trying to think if there's anything that's similar to it that we would have here um i guess if you think of like a cheese a mozzarella stick or a cheese curd but instead of being with cheese in it it's got like it's like a thicker breading with different different things inside of it you can have them with a little bit of cheese too though oh, that sounds really good they're so good. I could literally make a meal out of just croquetas. Okay, I'm gonna have to look those up too. <laughs> and what? Um, so now getting into the part of the interview where we learn a little bit more about you. What 
if you could if you had a different profession and just from talking to you it sounds like you love yours so you probably wouldn't want to have one but if you did <laughs> what what profession would you like to attempt other than your own yeah i can't imagine doing anything else although um if i absolutely had to the one thing that i've always wanted to do that i've always been kind of interested in and it actually goes along with what i do is i've always been really super interested in architecture um so if I could be an architect, I think that would be really cool. One of my friends here in Dallas is an architect, and every time I see a building, I'm like, did you design that? Did you design that? Um, but it's it's one of my favorite things to do is look at architecture and to just take it all in and, and you know, learn about the buildings and the history of it. And so definitely with my travels, that's been really cool because I can see, you know, different architecture from all over the world. So that's really cool. But I think that I was always scared because I always thought you had to be really good at math to be an architect. And my friend told me that that's actually not true. That's what they have engineers for. <laughs> but, um, but I think if I definitely, if I had to go pick another career, I would, I would certainly pursue that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, architecture is interesting too. It's, yeah. It tells so much about a place and you can learn so much about the history and just everything about it. And I love the, um, architecture boat cruises in Chicago. There's some really, really cool. Um, I've done those a couple times actually with some of our resident directors. I've done um, tours of the Chicago architecture, which is really cool. Nice. Yeah. The okay, and now so the next question is, and this is a, I think it's an interesting question, given what your job is and how there's so much travel involved in your job. But what do you do for fun nowadays? What do you do? What are your hobbies? And the reason I'm saying that is because a lot of people would answer travel for yeah. what, what they do for fun. So what do you like to do, though? Well, travel is definitely one of my favorite things to do. So even though I'm pretty much on the road every week from August and through no, through uh, November, and then again from January through April, um, I do still travel quite a bit in my free time. In fact, last night, I just booked a trip to Mexico over Thanksgiving. So <laughs> I'm going there for fun. Um, uh -huh. And then this summer, I went to Europe, and I actually went to Israel for, for a trip, which was really cool. Um, but uh, other than that, when I'm around, when I'm home, um, I definitely I like to work out a lot. Um, I love yoga and kind of that whole process and everything that that does. Um, I'm super into food as well. Um, I love trying new restaurants and um, just spending time with my friends and hanging out. So um, definitely that. But I mean, it all kind of goes together, I think, because I do like to try new things and experience new things, whether it's here or when I'm traveling abroad, for sure. Nice. Yeah. What if, if you walk into a bar, what will you order? Um, it depends. Um, a lot of times I'll try something local. So like a local, like a local beer or something like that would be cool. Um, otherwise I tend to gravitate towards, towards wine sometimes. <laughs> Um, it also depends what I'm going to be doing, what I'm going to be eating as well. So, okay, yeah, it sounds like a. I like yoga too. It sounds like a. You're pretty busy. It sounds. Yeah. Is from start to finish, and it sounds like a fun-filled life. And I try to stay pretty busy. Yes, it's it's definitely a challenge to to stay. You know, when you're on the road as much as I am, and you're home for like two or three days, and then yeah. like, oh, my, friend, my friends don't know that I exist from half the year to the other half of the year, but I am still around. <laughs> And do you have any book recommendations or media recommendations like apps, blogs, or websites? Yeah. So um, one of my favorite um, podcasts, I'm a big NPR fan, so I spend a lot of time driving <laughs> um, in between the different destinations that I, that I go to. And so I'm a big NPR person, but I love listening to um, most all of the podcasts and different things on shows that come on NPR. So my favorite is actually Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Um, 
it's a radio show that they do and it's this like news quiz and I've actually gone to two different tapings of it in, in person. So that's pretty cool. Um, but it's hilarious and it's timely and it's really fun. So I listen to that. Um, I also listen to this American life. Um, so that's a pretty cool one as well. Um, one of my friends recommended the New York times podcast, although I've not actually done it yet. So I need to make sure I download that one as well. Um, I wish I read more. Um, I actually read like magazines, I read airline magazines, which are actually better than a lot of people might think they are, like little in-your-seat-back-pocket airline magazines. Oh, they are uh, good. Yeah, there's some really good articles in there. Yeah, I used to I used to travel every week, too, for my old job. And yeah. every every month when they come out, it's, it's, yeah. they are good. So I mean, after a couple of flights, you're basically done with it, but still, it's not bad. Uh, and then and then I read the like the NAFSA International Educator publication and stuff like that. So, um, you know, websites, I try to catch up on my Netflix or my, my YouTube channels as much as I can. I don't have anything. I mean, I try to stay up on the news. I mean, I'm, I like a little bit of pop culture. So Buzzfeed is, I definitely have the Buzzfeed app on my phone. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah. It's, it's I think people consume that more than real news now, even though I think yeah. cable, cable news has turned into entertainment, but Oh, for sure. And uh, finally, I, do you have a favorite quote you want to share with everyone? Um, you know, this is an interesting question. There's so many different things out there, I think, that are important um, and so many different ways of saying things. Um, I don't have a specific one, which I was trying to think of one that was like something that I try to live my life by. Um, and I guess I don't have a specific quote, but my grandma... Um, passed away back in 2001 and she and I were really good friends and really close. And she always used to tell me um, just to stay true to yourself and to be who you are. And so I always think about that whenever I approach anything in life. And so um, it's not like a specific quote per se, but I definitely appreciate and respect that someone from this totally different generation was always supportive and always there for me. Um, and so I just try to think of what she would say in every situation. And so I channeled her into everything that I that I do, I guess. Oh, that's a good answer. Thanks. <laughs> and finally, do you have anything else you want to add? Or I just want to thank you for this opportunity. It's been really great talking about this, and I love that you're doing this podcast, um, and I think it's amazing, and I think it's a great way for students and anyone to just kind of learn about the industry and learn about the field. The more we can do to get more students abroad, the better. Um, I think now more than ever, it's just such an important time for people to experience what it's like to be in another culture and to experience what it's like to, you know, experience life outside of, of what our bubble is. And so I, I thank you so much for doing this and I really appreciate it. And I hope that everyone that hears this will study abroad and encourage everyone else that they talk to, to study abroad as well. Well put. Yeah. That's why. Well, now you have two favorite podcasts. You can say when you, if someone asks you again, right? I'll yeah, exactly. Listen to ours. <laughs> and, uh, okay. That's yeah. That's all I have. Jason, thank you very much for being on the show. And we'll put all the links into everything you mentioned. And uh, have a nice day. And I guess I'll see you soon, too. We're actually, Jason and I are both going to the NAF NAFSA regional conference coming up. So, yeah, that's right. All right. We'll see you Thanks, this Jason. week. Okay. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Bye. Bye.
Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to check out all the really neat infographics on the rest of the posts as well as the interviews. There's a lot of good information. You should also download Studying Abroad 201. I really recommend it if you need kind of a fire lit under your ass for studying abroad and you need some motivation. It crafts my journey and exactly what I did. Also, we can email you new interviews or you can connect with us on social media. All right, thanks a lot.